0: Our own views. Well, here's what I think. Well, most of the time you can add a dollar and a quarter to that and get a cheap cup of coffee. Our own views and perspectives can and do serve to lure us away from God's truth. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. And I do trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We're going to jump into a brand new teaching tonight that's uh, based upon a passage from Proverbs chapter 3. Let me just remind you real quick, and we'll get into some of this background, that Proverbs is just a collection of God's wisdom. If you have not read through the Bible book of Proverbs, I would encourage you to read it very slowly, a verse at a time, and listen to what it says. God's wisdom is presented there. Quite often I have conversations with people, and the tone of that conversation is, what does God think? How does God look at this situation or that situation? You read through the book of Proverbs, and you'll come away with a tremendous view and an understanding of how God views nearly every, if not every, aspect of life. Well, without further ado, we're going to jump into that. Before I do, I want to remind you one more time about our 11th annual Bikers for Baby Run that's coming up on August 27th. Uh, some information's there on the screen. We'll try to remind you about that at the end of the program. We'd love to have you come along ride with us in support of the the Pregnancy Care Center of Martinsville and Henry County. Again, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 3. I want to read just a couple of verses in your hearing, and we're going to jump right on into this teaching. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 5 for you, or we'll begin in verse 5. The record puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Look at verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. What a great passage. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on the telecast, whether live or later, and I pray that by the power of the Spirit, by your Word, that you would speak to each heart. Help us to know and understand your wisdom and to embrace it and to live it out in the days to come. And we'll thank you. We'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, again, I do want to thank you for being here. I encourage you to click on the uh, like button down the bottom of the screen. Subscribe to our channel if you're listening by way of YouTube. And be sure and tell all your friends and neighbors about New Life Telecast. We'd love to have them join us to be a part of this process. God bless. You hang on. I'll be back here in just a little while. I look at a passage like this I come away I ask myself several questions and the first thing here is basically what's going on what's going on here in the beginning chapters of Proverbs and who's God's chosen instrument to bring this forth that's usually a pretty interesting subject in and of itself if you would back up to chapter 1 in verse number 1 the contemporary english version puts it this way these are the Proverbs of King Solomon of Israel. Well, who was he? He was the son of David, just to kind of put it into context. If you are quick on the draw, you could turn over to 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 32. I'm not going there right now, but it says this. Solomon composed 3,000 Proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. Now, to give that some perspective let me encourage you to seek god for even one proverb or one song and write it down and you will discover that that is a daunting task number 1 on your study notes yes we really do fill these in those of you are listening by way of live stream go get you some pen and paper and fill these in with us the title Proverbs, taken from the Hebrew, moshal, sounds like moshal. It's about as close as I can come. Folks, here's what it means. It means a parable. Isn't that interesting? We, New Covenant, New Testament, people know all about parables. That's what Proverbs means. One commentator puts it like this. Proverbs are sentences of ethical wisdom, that's just generically speaking, perhaps you are familiar with some modern day proverbs, Uh, Maybe more familiar with the proverbs than you think that you are, you help me out with this, an apple a day keeps a doctor away, that's just a kind of a modern day proverb, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, I don't know why you would want a bird in your hand, but... There you go, it's a a great proverb. Another favorite of mine is, In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. (laughs) That's funny right there, I don't care who you are. And then my favorite proverb of all times in terms of secular proverbs is, If my nose was running money, honey, I'd blow it all on you. Just some examples of some modern-day proverbs. Are you with me? The Bible Book of Proverbs is an organized collection of sayings and instructions coming forth, as we've already discovered, coming forth through Solomon. But watch this, it's pretty important for you to understand that these Proverbs are pouring forth to Solomon from the vast reservoir of the wisdom of the ages. That's God Almighty. Paul helps us to know through Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Solomon couldn't take credit for this. Suffice it to say, uh, these proverbs from the Bible book are short sayings about God's wisdom. Again, it's very, very important that you understand whose wisdom we're talking about. Along with Job. Psalms, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon, as some versions puts it. The book of Proverbs is one of the wisdom books in the writings of the Old Testament. Now, I'm headed to number two on your study notes, but uh, uh, let's go back to chapter one before we do that. Uh, chapter uh, one, verse two says this. It gives us the uh, purpose of these sacred proverbs is for attaining wisdom and discipline you get that the purpose of the proverbs these uh, little pithy sayings these parables if you please is for the attaining of wisdom and discipline for understanding words of insight for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to The young. So fill that in in number two there, if you would, please. For attaining wisdom and discipline. And so we come to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Let me read that again. Look at this. Trust. Everybody say, trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. That means do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths. Straight Now, I would be the first to admit to you that this is a tall order. It is. And, beloved, if I just might whack satspahol on you for a few moments, I'd just say to you that this ain't natural. It's not natural. But we're not meant to le- live in the natural, but to live in the supernatural. It's a tall order, and it's a statement that needs some explanation. This passage begs The question, how? How what, Pastor T? How in the world do I trust in the Lord with all my heart? You see why this is a tall order? With all of my heart. How do I acknowledge Him in all of my ways? All of them. How do I fear the Lord and thus shun evil? Perhaps a good question here is even why should I do these things? Why should I? Or, what if I don't? How's that going to turn out? What does all that look like? Some very great questions that God answers straight up in His words. So let's see if we can get into this. Fill in number three with me, if you would, please. A three-blank study note. Boy, I'll tell you, you're just getting your money's worth here this morning. This brief passage can be categorized into three distinct Designations. There's some don'ts. Everybody say don'ts. There's some do's. Say do. And can you write and say it at the same time? And then some expectations. Some don'ts, some do's, some expectations. What are the don'ts? And I'm going to come back and flesh this out later, but let's just look at this uh, fundamentally. We're told don't lean on yourself. Don't be wise in your own eyes. By the way, let me say to you, even at this point, you have control over that secondly what are the do's he says do trust the lord do acknowledge the lord do fear the lord what are the expectations he not yourself but he will make your path straight he will bring health to your body he will bring nourishment to your bones the very frame of who you are now with that, let me take just a, just a little parenthesis with you, and we'll be back here in uh, just a moment, but go with me on this little detour if you would, please. I want you to consider with me that there are a couple of possibilities with regards to how you live out your life. Say amen if you're with me. There's a couple of possibilities with regards to how you live out your life. Here's what you need to realize God's view, and I'm talking about God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, God's view and God's perspective on issues that you will encounter today and this coming week and the rest of your breathing days, those aren't the only views and the only perspectives that you'll be confronted with. Hmm. Number four on your study notes the enemy. God's enemy, actually, Satan, will also present you with temptations, many of which I am want to say to you, most of which will stir and titillate your flesh and your mind and your spirit to stray from God's desired truth, that is, God's uh, template for your life which perhaps will help you to begin to understand why it is so difficult to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Beloved, the enemy, the devil, is always determined to put himself right smack dab in the middle of every detail of our life to deceive us and to distract us and to delay our obedience. By the way, delayed obedience serves to delay the blessing, serves to delay the favor, serves to delay God's presence, if you please, in a very real and meaningful way. It serves to delay God's protection. Every single aspect of our lives, and stay with me right here, let me remind you, I'm in a little parenthesis. Every single aspect of our lives will require us to make decisions. Isn't that true? Pastor, I'm not making no decisions. Well, you just made one. Every aspect of our lives will require us to make decisions that will determine our actions and our direction and even our uh, even the consequences that we incur. Uh, let me say to you in passing that our text features consequences. In fact, Proverbs is a veritable anthology of consequences. Now, the enemy is poised and ready to pounce on every single decision that you purpose to make every time in order to influence your actions, in order to influence my actions, to mirror him instead of mirroring God, to reflect him instead of reflecting God, to influence our direction uh, toward traveling the broad road which leads to destruction and not the narrow one, to ensure we receive his curses instead of God's blessings. So how does the enemy do that? By what means does he use to do that? I'm glad you asked. But, before we wholesale point the finger at the devil, let's consider something a bit closer to home. Are you still with me? Go with me to 1 John chapter 2, and verse 5. Not the gospel of John, little John. Go to Revelation, Jude, 3rd, 2nd, 1st John. 1st John, chapter 2, verse 15. It's understood that He is speaking to you here. And He says, Do not love the world. Who? You. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Do you understand that is a decision? And here's the consequence of those who do. If anyone loves the world or decides to love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, I have people telling me all the time that there are they're not uh, no visible signs of them serving the Lord. In fact, just quite the opposite. And they claim they love the Lord. But the Word of God makes it pretty clear that if you love the world, you're doing the things of the world, that, you do, that the love of the Father is not in you. In fact, Jesus says, if you love me, you will what, church? Do what I command or keep my commandments. If you love me, that's the litmus test. Verse 16, for everything in the world, we'll break this down in just a moment, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires. Do you see that? The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. Who lives forever? The one who does the will of God. So if you don't do the will of God, you got yourself a problem. Amen? Yeah, so number five on your study note, soon enough, kind of different with different people, but soon enough, we began to realize as we engage this faith journey, we began to realize that on most occasions, we are our own worst enemy. Am I right? Yeah. Our own views. Well, here's what I think. Well, most of the time you can add a dollar and a quarter to that and get a cheap cup of coffee. Our own views and perspectives can and do serve to lure us away from God's truth. Now, let me touch back on 1 John again. John does us the great service of providing godly insight. What kind of insight? Godly insight into the trio of channels by which mankind is attacked spiritually. Now, I want you to note that none of these are outside. They're all inside. Where do these attacks take place? Inside. He names the flesh. What is he talking about? It's more than just skin and bones. But basically, basically it's our appetites, biological drives, the lust for what we feel. Boy, don't we get in trouble over? That felt pretty good. I'll give you 20 minutes to stop that. The flesh, the lust of the eyes. What is that? That is desires. Watch this. The heart desires for all that we see. Did you know that your eyes are connected to your heart spiritually? The Bible has a lot to say about that. And then he talks about the boasting of our accomplishments and possessions. We use the word pride. I'm fleshing that out just a little bit. It's a desire for our own personal preferences. Well, I think... I don't like that. How many problems does that cause in the church? I don't like that song old Zach picked out this morning. Well, I'm sure Zach's tore up about that. <laughs> desire for personal preferences and the unhinged desire to promote ourselves. Look at me. I'm here. Let the party begin. Let me give you four or five Bible references or verses that speak of these things. And You don't have to look at these. I'm going to hit them real quick. Genesis 3 and 6, they'll appear on the screen if the clicker can keep up with me. When the woman saw, that's Eve, when she saw that the tree was good for food, what did she do? She saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eyes and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. She took the fruit and ate it. The eyes betrayed her. That connection wasn't very good there, was it? Later in Proverbs chapter 27, the latter part of verse 20 says, So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Will you listen to me, Americans? Even Americans that live in Ridgeway, Virginia. Little old Ridgeway out here in the middle of nowhere. The eyes of man are never satisfied. 1 Peter 2 and 11. Peter says, Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. What's he talking about, Willis? Hey, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. He says, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from the desires of the flesh. What? Preacher on TV told me I couldn't help that. Well, he lied to you. To abstain from the desires of the flesh, which war against your soul, the soulish realm. Oh, listen to what Paul told the church in Ephesus. All of us also lived among them at one time. You understand there's a difference now? At one time, we fulfilled the cravings of our flesh and indulged its desires and thoughts. There's a living illustration of this given in the Old Testament book of Joshua. God told the Israelites to go whoop up on this bunch of people. And normally when they whooped up on them, whatever those people had, the people of Israel would acquire those things. We call it the spoils of war or the booty uh, from the war. Now, that's kind of some negative connotations today, but that's what's going on. On this particular occasion, God told them to leave that stuff alone. But there's a fellow named Achan. I've got a sermon titled, Achan's Breaky Heart. I'll preach that to you one of these days. But here's what happened, Joshua 7:21. Achan says, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment, what did he do? He saw those things. And 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. Boy, those eyes and that connection with his heart was jacked up. And he says, I took them. You know what happened to Achan. He did have an aching, breaking heart. He was stoned to death. He paid for that. He tried to hide some of that stuff in his basement. That's what we do. I went to visit some folks one time, at another church where I passed, no, a church where I attended once. <clears throat> and they advised me, get back in the day, do any of you remember when you would go to hell for watching TV? Well, there was a certain fellow preaching that up in these parts. So this particular fellow advised me that they had a TV, but they kept it in the basement. They had an antenna, but they didn't put it up on, this was in the antenna days. He didn't put it up on top of the house. He put it in the attic. You know why he did that? So when the preacher came to visit, he wouldn't know they had a TV. Sounds like Aiken, doesn't it? Buried this stuff in the basement. I wonder if I'm speaking to anybody in here this morning. God sees this stuff, the flesh, the eyes, personal preference, betrayed Achan. Now, these are all characterized as the things of the world. That's strange vernacular to a lot of people these days, in particular the under 30 crowd. It's talking about the present temporary world with its prince of power, which is Satan. Now watch this. For those of us that our uh, citizenship is in heaven, he is not our prince. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But for those in this present system, this present world, he is the prince of the power of the air. I told you that to tell you this. Fill in number six with me if you would, please. The key to understanding all of this, and I'm about to wrap up my parentheses. Beloved. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. There is a back half of this teaching. We'll look forward to sharing that with you next week. But uh, let me just conclude the program tonight by reminding you of something. that sounds so negative in some respects, but it's not negative if you understand the ultimate end of it. All of the things that we clamor for in this present existence, at some point in time, that's all going to burn away. Isn't that sobering? All the things that we clamor after now and some things that we think are so important Those things are going to burn away in the end. The only thing that will last, really, is that which we do in the name of Christ through the power of the Spirit as members of the forever family of God. I trust that you'll be encouraged by that. You may think, man, that's awful cruel. All this stuff's going to be taken away. No, it's going to be displaced, replaced by something way more important and significant and eternal And that's the treasures of God's kingdom. I'd like for you to be a part of that. And I want to encourage you not to hold on so tightly to the things of this present world that you lose grip on the things of the coming world, the next life. You know, it's a sobering fact, and I've shared this with a lot of congregations over the years. But if you live long enough, you're going to die. That's true. If you live long enough, you're going to die. You're going to leave this present existence. We all know that, but we all think it's going to be some time way in the future. That may not necessarily be true. So it's very important, very significant to get a hold of something eternal. What we have hold of now is not. It's very temporary. I trust you'll be encouraged to get a hold of that which lasts. That is the things of God. How do we get a hold of this? How do we find out about this? It's all given to us in the Bible, the Word of God. That's why we use that as our long text here on the program. And I trust that the Word of God would speak to your heart and draw you to the things of God and help you know and understand how you might live your life, not only in the present, but toward the end of an eternity in a way that is pleasing to God. Before I get out of here tonight, I do want to remind you one more time about our Bike Run, Bikers for Babies, which is going to take place on Saturday, August 27th. This is to benefit the Pregnancy Care Center of Martinsville and Henry County. Uh, The information is there on the screen. We'd love to have you come along and ride with us. I plan to be there on the old orange shadow, and I hope to be able to see you as well. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, Beloved, I trust you're going to have a great week, and let me pray for you before we get out of here. Father, I thank you for each one that's listening in by way, uh, by whatever means, uh, whether they are listening live or sometime later, I pray that by the power of the Spirit, your Word has impacted and impressed and inscribed itself upon their hearts tonight. Help us, Lord, to live knowing that this present is not all there is. There is an eternity to come. I thank you. I praise you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you have a great week. What's left of it? I'm Terry Knight reminding you, beloved, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you?